Coming up, it is a Mailbag Friday edition where we take a look at the potential timeline for the Cam Thomas injury, a preview of what could occur in the in-season tournament, and ultimately, where do we stand off a big win against the Clippers in our overall season outlook? It's all coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you'll find Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free on all those great platforms. And let you know today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use all lowercase locked on NBA promo code for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars and doug we did it we did the elation of beating the la clippers it was incredible the nets are 500 everything's gonna be fine as long as we can have somebody play 48 minutes of basketball without getting hurt it'd be nice to go a couple games with the no injuries that hasn't been the case for the nets this season it feels uh a little a little different than in the past because they've actually been able to pull off some wins but in terms of the injury stuff it's been just an incredibly bad run so far brutal beat after brutal beat with the injuries from Claxton to Cam Johnson to Ben Simmons to now Cam Thomas really the all the guys that you felt were going to have you know if you throw in Mikhail Bridges that we're going to have like some of the most impact on the team this season especially as we were coming out of preseason you get to throw Cam in there and they just can't keep anyone healthy and yeah like look that's just bad luck this is not there's no no such thing as like you know you know curses or anything like that it's just like the way the it's way the feet fall and the ball the balls bounce sometimes but the nets have just been on the wrong side of it so far and this cam thomas one threatens to be as big of a problem as any of the ones that they've had so far i mean i just real i real quick got a context we're recording this on thursday morning we have not heard the official word about cam thomas yet our strong suspicion is he's going to miss at least a game, if not more. Well, and by the way, if it's going to be suspiciously strong, a game or, you know, or a few games, that's okay. Like my, my bigger fear here, cause we're going to talk about who are you trying to bring to this rotation? We saw what Lonnie Walker did against the Clippers as well. I just don't have it be a month. Like just uh -huh. don't, don't have it be something that I think really does start to make you take a step back and say, okay, what needs to happen here? We think Karen Johnson could be coming back soon. Maybe Nicholas Claxton. We know Ben Simmons dealing with some things as well. Like at some point for the player that ended up becoming the leading scorer for this team early in the season, it's going to be hard to replace that production unless we continue to follow the model, which so far Brooklyn has. You go down. Oh, no, we have another one. We got another guy that comes in and can kind of replicate, replace, manufacture some of that. But but there's just a reality that all in all of what one game this season, Cam Thomas has been on. Like it's only one game where he had a bad shooting performance. And that level of consistency on the offensive end is something that you need to have on an NBA roster if you're going to be someone that needs to grind out wins. He's been a bucket getter, he's been a late, late shot maker, right? Like you need that guy on this team. 
Yeah, look, he's been one of the best scorers in basketball. I like that's that's not even you not not hyperbole at this point. Like, I think he was, was yeah, saying. right. He was he was ranking uh, among the league leaders in points per game, and he's been the true like sort of bright spot around what's happening with the team so far. And uh, again, it's one of these things like well. You know, in some ways, I think Nets fan, us and Nets fans are in a little bit of a different spot with this because the team has so many guys have stepped up. They're like, that eh, will be fine. <laughs> like, it's, it's a, you know, they got, they got Lonnie Walker. It's all good. I mean, that's not really the reality of the situation here. The reality is, you know, you can band aid over some of these situations. Some teams can band aid over better than others. Sometimes you just get guys who are just absolutely out there grinding and fighting like we've seen this Nets team. But at some point, you do reach critical mass on these injuries. Now, in, in reality, they probably should have already reached this, right? Because right. We, with the names that have already been mentioned uh, here that have been injured so far, like one would have already thought we were way past the event horizon on whether what they could sustain uh, in terms of injuries, the fact that they pulled out a, a victory and they are actually four and four through these first eight, which has been a really pretty tough stretch in terms of team. It shows the resiliency of the team. But yeah, like replacing Cam Thomas from what he's done so far, you really can't like yeah. he's just he's just been that good. And honestly, you all the guys that are hurt, you would in a vacuum say you really can't replace them like each of the things that they do specifically maybe not maybe Cameron Johnson but it's not a knock on him it's just they have a few three and D wing kind of guys right but all the all these guys like provide singular skill sets that the Nets like don't really have a ton of in other guys or they have like you know 60 percent of it in some other guys or something like so it's just yeah it's just hard it's funny because I'll leave I'll add in it's like in the short term of Ben Simmons missing a game right and we saw some trend in Watford so it's like with Cameron with Cam Thomas you look and you see Lonnie Walker well, Lonnie Walker can obviously do a lot, and he's been an electric scorer for the Nets. I don't think that he, you know, he's never, I don't think, I know, he's never been a player that says, hey, I can be a 25-plus point scorer a night with consistency at the NBA level. Now, we, we don't know. Maybe we're scratching the surface of something new with him. Likewise, when Trenton Watford came in, and we talked about this in the postgame, and the same thing can go for Nick Claxton when we think about Ben Simmons. It's like, well, the rebounding or the rim protection, yep, I can do that, but I'm not going to be the high-level facilitator. Trenton Watford feels like, name four players and then put dash light behind it. And I mean that in a positive way, a little bit of the ball handling, some of the perimeter shooting can is big enough defensively can run at the rim, can throw down and get in, inappropriate foul calls with Russell Westbrook. Like they have these guys. I think the biggest question becomes, can you do it for three games for four games for five, for six, for seven games, right? It's about how long. And that's why I say if Cam Thomas needs a week to come back healthy, that's fine. It's when you get into two and three weeks and on the back end of the episode, we'll take a little look ahead on the schedule. That's where I think you start to go, okay, it's going to turn the tide here and games against what we think are top end teams that they've won early in the season. We could see them being in, in a little bit more of these dog fights with some of the boxes you would check as, oh, that'll be an automatic win. Well, not if you take 25 points off your roster and not if Cameron, you know, Cameron Johnson doesn't come back. And that's another 17, 18 points off your roster. At some point, you can't win basketball games 83, 80. Like, it's just not going to be in the cards. No, yeah. You, again, like they're, like I said before, and we'll get into some of this new rotation stuff, but like yeah. the you just reach critical mass on what what you can sustain injury wise. Some teams are better equipped to do it than others. Um, some guys, sometimes you find diamonds in the rough out there that are able to just bandaid over the situation or just show that there actually are real rotation players. The NBA opens up possibilities for these guys all the time. And sometimes you just do 
get more than expectations uh, yeah. out of certain guys, which, which I understand is why fans are often calling for guys at the end of the bench that don't play because there have been many examples in the past of guys not playing and then playing. And you're like, ah, look what we got here. So I do understand why fans will sometimes say, why can't we see this guy? Because it's, because there's plenty of examples, you know, of a guy coming out of you know seemingly nowhere and being a real rotation player. So I, I get that, but the Nets are just in a situation sort of like unlike most other teams in the league. A little bit in survival mode now, but let's get into the rotations. Who can step up? How can they fill this out in the short term? And then we'll even take a look. Who's the scorers? Can we can we get a hierarchy in the short term and for the season overall of who will be the leading candidates across this roster? We'll dive in that in just one moment. All right, before we get to that, I'll tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made very, very easy. It's the largest daily fantasy platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. They've just they've done the they've taken the fun things and removed the difficult things. So the fun things, you just go more or less on the Prize Picks projections. And with NBA points, assists, rebounds, blocks, steals. And you're not wrestling with the salaries that you have to deal with on some of these other DFS operators. That stuff makes it confusing. There's tons of sharks in the water. It's just really difficult to kind of get yourself started. Not a prize picks. Like I said, they have the prize picks projections. You're just going against them more or less. You can even combine. And by the way, you just you, these things take like 60 seconds to put in. You uh, pick up the three players. You go up to 25 times your money as well. You can actually combine sports. They have specials where you can throw in a, a more on, you know, a Travis Kelsey you know, touchdowns and then throw in some Mikhail Bridges uh, more on his points. And then you kind of put it together. They also have a reboot policy when it comes to injuries. So if uh, you lose one of your players that get, gets injured, um, the, that player is rebooted. It's a, the prize picks is the only daily fantasy operator that does that. Believe me, I've seen the complaints over the years from the other places. Prize picks has figured all of this stuff out. Go figure it out for yourself at prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Once again, prizefix.com slash locked on NBA, promo code locked on NBA. Grab that first deposit match up to $100. Prizefix is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. So as we continue our mailbag Friday, we did get a couple of good ones here when we talk about these rotations. Uh, shout out to Kashif, who's over on the uh, subtext platform. So you should be over there with him so you could be talking with us and saying, what was he asked this? But this is now he started this question pre Cam Thomas injury. So I do want to give him the out around the hierarchy. But I actually thought that he did a really good job saying who will be the leading scorers for this team. And when he drilled down like on the numbers, he put Cam Thomas just a hair below 25 points a night. He put uh, Mikhail Bridges didn't set a, a crazy bar at 20 point score. But then when you get in behind that, I think you start to ask like real questions. We, we said this about Cameron Johnson. Is he going to come in here and be a 20-point scorer? Is 18 points enough for him? So when we think about the rotations here with some of these injuries, do you think that there are guys that can replicate what you've lost? And maybe it starts with Mikhail and saying, why don't you give us a little sample of what you were last year post-trade? Why don't you go off for 26, 27 points a night for a week? Yeah, they're probably going to need that. I mean, like, I, I, got, I, you know, we didn't really talk about this, but it is a little interesting that he played 34 minutes against the Clippers and scored 10 points um right yep. <laughs> and took 11 total shots now again it, within the flow of the game nothing about this felt incorrect like Lonnie really had it going and you know Cam had it going to some degree early before he left so like it wasn't like the shots were finding these other places and they were getting out into transition a decent amount. So I, in the flow of the game, I don't think I was like, hey, we need Mikhail here because I think everything was kind of rolling. Now, that being said, 
what the expectation levels are for him going into the season. Uh, I mean, this is considerably, considerably below where we thought where he was going to be in terms of usage and just overall scoring. Um, you know, some degree that's Cam Thomas related because the usage, you know, can only really go one way or, you know, can't go two ways. And so um, when Cam's taking more shots, he's going to take less. But uh, no doubt about it, I mean, Mikhail's playing more minutes this year. The scoring is down a lot, a lot, right? He was 26 points a game for Brooklyn after the trade deadline, 20 points a game right now. Um, at kind of like, you know, somewhat similar efficiency levels, even though the three-point ball hasn't found. So it hasn't really been falling. So if you're looking at the place to start, it has to be him pretty much, right? Like, I mean, that has been... If you're going to be playing without Cam here for any, you know, stretch of run, and I can't really trust that Cam Johnson's like going to be back next game, Mikhail just has to be all the way to the player he was in Brooklyn last year. It, he yeah. didn't need to be up until this point, but now, like, we're stepping into the territory of like, hey, you need to be all the way where you were with with the Nets at the at the second half of the last season. Yeah, and it's funny too because these last two games, the loss against Milwaukee, the win against the Clippers, it, it, it's the it's the ends of the spectrum. Season high, 31 points, 6 of 7 at the line, 12 of 21 from the field in 39 minutes against the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Then, as you say, follows it up with a very subpar performance against the Clippers. Now, we said this already about his personality, and it's not even a knock. I think you like guys that kind of run neutral and don't get too high or low, but he does seem willing to defer, right? Like you say, Cam Thomas goes out, Lonnie Walker, goes, okay, now he's like, now you're the Cam Thomas. Now, you know, it's like, now you take you take all the shots and you be the leading uh, point getter for us in this particular game. So I want to see him flip that switch back on. The, the one thing that he noted, going back a couple of post games ago, he met, made mention of, you know, and really locking it in on the defensive end. And that can, he didn't say take it out of me. I don't want, you know, paraphrasing here. He was like, you know, it's a grind to put in that effort there. Now, on the one hand, you say, yeah, I could get that being a two-way player. But as we've also highlighted, hasn't been a great defensive team to start this season. So there is there is a world where you're like, well, yeah, but then I kind of want to feel like you're clamping dudes down. And there has been, even in that in that game against LA specifically, I thought, there were sequences where it was Mikhail Bridges on ball to defense, and he was doing some pretty stifling things. He was getting yeah, he got the hard James hard. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he got the hardened assignment for a decent yeah. amount. Um, and and Harden was, you know, not uh, not amazing. So you like that. And also one more thing with Mikhail that I should have mentioned. Hmm. I mean, he did have a a career high as a net seven assists last night. So yeah, there's gonna be more post game as well. Correct, correct. Right. So there's gonna be a little bit more ball facilitation there. I, you can live with like the lower scoring. So I, I, you know, what should make mention of that to say that it like, you know, it doesn't all have to come through scoring, but you're right. Like He's the, in the high defensive piece, as well with eight. Yeah. The defensive piece has to be there for him also. And I think we saw that, you know, a slightly, you know, stepped up matchup last night. Um, I don't think it's been like of the lockdown variety by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, Harden only took nine shots. So in 36 minutes and, and that was Mikhail's primary assignment. Do you feel like the other, we think about just guys that need to step up here. Spencer Dinwiddie obviously would be the one if you say, well, we just need someone to get more point production. We we know that he's capable of doing that. I think I, I love the version of Spencer Dinwiddie that is the both and, right? That sets everybody else up and also can have some of these nice moments. I'm a, not, again, not concerned, but it's just the early season on him. It's, ah, it's been a little bit off on the offensive end. He's still done some nice things. And then also the minutes have been down. Now he had a, a minor injury as well. So I'm, you try to compartmentalize what is this rotation going to look like with still all of these players and pieces out. I it, on on surface you'd say, well, we'll put Royce O'Neal in there along with Dennis uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Dinwiddie and you know Mikhail Bridges. Okay, it, it's all there. 
But I but now we are butting up against losing the dynamic that they have with the redundancies of always having the same type of players. Now you are mixing and matching here a little bit. I think it could get wonky in terms of like possession to possession. We could find some pretty lulling stretches here for this team. Yeah, Dinwiddie's minutes have been down. The the just the overall production has been way down. I mean, twenty six minutes, twenty six minutes last night, and he took six total shots, and a you know barely went down seven points, four assists. Like, and you really the, the the number you thought you would see really spike is the assist number without Simmons, right? That's been notoriously sort of what's happened. Uh, that didn't happen at all. And then, you know, barely gets back in to close the game with just like two or three minutes left. Only played 24 minutes against Milwaukee in a close game. Only scored three points in that one. Like, there are some somewhat troubling signs with him just because it's one thing to sort of just like run bad on shooting. Right. And like nothing's falling and everything else is there. But kind of like nothing's been there at all for him in, in two games. And like in terms of minutes or production, because sometimes I'll look at something and say, Oh, that's just run bad from the field, right? Like he's just run, like like just you know he's gonna keep shooting, but sort of nothing's been happening for him. And he's critical because if you look at his net rating for the team this year, he's got one of the highest net ratings of the team. It's like they're plus seven point eight one when he's on the court. There's really actually few other guys with net ratings on the nets like in that range. And so, yeah, th- these are two guys. Sometimes it's just the guys that are that that are supposed to be doing more that are the guys that you need the most. And I I'm with you. Like Dinwiddie and Mikhail feel like the two that absolutely and good news. Like we've seen it from them before, so it's not like this is just oh we're crossing our fingers it can happen. Like we right. we've seen it both from these guys in the past. Uh, but I am a little concerned with Dinwiddie because these last two games have been really rough. And we know a guy that's on, uh, you know, on the final year of his contract and one of the veterans, the oldest player on this roster. So all these things kind of conspire here. Coming up in a second, we're going to go ahead and take a look not only at a couple of bench players that maybe get into the mix here if we're still going to be a little bit depleted. But ultimately, no matter how long these injury timelines are, what are the expectations over the short term of this schedule? Can the Brooklyn Nets finally get a footing on a significantly above 500 record? We'll dive in on that mailbag question coming up next. All right, before we get to that, we spent a lot of time talking together. You and I, we get fired up together on wins, on losses, who starts, gets, who sits. Thankful for the connection that we have out here on the Locked On Nets podcast. Today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. Just learned you can get a one-year supply in ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster supply chain issue. You're covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics. Cialis Viagra, uh, Revadio Prescriptions. It's possible because our friends over at Jace Medical go online right now, Jace Medical, to receive your 12-month supply on this daily medication. Remember, use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. Uh, verified customer had this to say about Jace. Thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and, ha- and have to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love. Would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med. Go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase at jacemedical.com. All right, tying a bow on our mailbag Friday, which, by the way, will conclude later tonight, not the episode, but ultimately the week with the Boston Celtics, with the in-season tournament game number two for the Brooklyn Nets. And you can follow that action over on Sirius XM by searching Brooklyn Nets for all the uh, game call there. But when we think about this team, then um, to me, you let's start just in-house. Beyond Trendon Watford, beyond Lonnie Walker, is there anybody else that you look at on this roster and say, okay, and we even mentioned a little bit in post game, and maybe we didn't do enough of this. We did it on the live and when we stuck around after. 
uh, Dennis Smith Jr. played the role that we thought he was going to play for this team against the Clippers. Does that elevate here, you think, in the short term for this team and say, yeah, why don't you go out and be a bit of that pest on defense and also a little bit of a facilitator, too, on the other end? I feel like that's he's more like more than the other guys. He's probably more um, matchup dependent. Like yeah. if you have um, if you have guys that you specifically want to guard and there's like big drop offs to the next guy. Right. Like the Clippers have this. It's like, OK, well, you have Harden. You'd like to lock him up if you if Russ wants to shoot, go for it. Right. Like yeah. that's a good situation for DSJ because he can lock in on one guy where the other team, like let's say a Boston, like Boston, I think is a bad matchup for him because they're going to be able to put him in. Like he won't be able to do anything on offense. And there has such a talent distribution that I'm not sure that you get a lot by just having just his defense on the court. Right. So I think he's a little bit more matchup dependent than some of these other guys. I actually think Watford is like a little less. Like I think he does enough on both ends of the court that you can kind of play him in most matchups. And that's a good sign, but I would, I'd probably put that little caveat next to DSJ that I liked what he brought last night, but I don't think that's going to be like an every game kind of situation because again, like the offensive stuff was rough. And yeah. So if you have like, you know, sort of like, you know, high end singular talents on the other side, and then you have guys you don't mind just totally ignoring. Yeah. He's a good matchup for that. But I just don't see it. The I don't see it for all of them. And it's weird too because, like you know, Ben Simmons, non-offensive player, were he to miss any game, whenever he does miss a game, it's like, well, I can plug in DFS and treat him despite his stat, his size, and say, yeah, you're the non-shooting Ben Simmons, great, just facilitate. But then you then you lose the defensive size and some of that ability there. So the, the, the give and take is a little bit rough. The other thing that I wanted to do here is the Brooklyn Nets are 500 through these first eight games of the season. And they've won against the Miami Heat. They've won against Chicago. They've won against the LA Clippers, right? I, I'm including, obviously, Charlotte as well. And they've played all these other tight games. They kick off with this in-season tournament tonight. But when you look all the way, you know, if you go the next 10 games, it gets you almost to the end of, no, it gets the end of November against the Charlotte Hornets. What expectations do you set for a team that, as you had mentioned, BPI, actually, I think you had this up from ESPN. Yeah, I have it. Yeah. That their win total has skyrocketed off of this first eight-game performance for them in terms of where we think they're going to finish this season. Yeah, if you look at the Basketball Power Index, which is like an algorithm that sort of takes in entire like what you've done over the course of the season and not just like on a just on a win-loss basis, but factors in your net rating, factors in some of the talent you've lost and had, um, to, uh, just factors in like what you've had on offense, what you've had on defense, and tries to make like what your true record is. And I know people are going to say, well, this is made up because you know it's not actual wins and losses. I get it, but sometimes it's a useful. Sometimes things like this are useful to look long term and be like hey how are things been going here are they running a little bad and maybe the record could be better if it was just like a few ball bounces or is it like are they getting our teams getting smoked but they've actually you know they won one tight game and got or they won two tight games and then got destroyed in four other games well like that your record actually probably looks worse than two and four right you like you look more like a one and five so my point being is this bpi stuff and algorithms that do this they don't get you into the playoffs, but they give you a, a sort of a holistic view of maybe how the season's going. The Nets are like so much higher than I thought they'd be. Right now, the Basketball Power Index, the Nets rank 10th overall at four and four. They are projected now by ESPN 
um, to go 45 and a half and 36 and a half. So let's just even round down uh, 45 and 37 based on what uh, based on the sort of like what they've been able to do. 85% chance to make the playoffs is currently constructed. Now, I think that even doesn't even factor in like players they can get back, which is like truly mind boggling. Mm-hmm. But um, it, might, it probably factors in a little. But just the fact that they're up here is a testament to sort of how we've seen these games go. And this part does track. They're four and four. But remember, the four losses have also been close, right? Yeah. Except for the Boston game, the other three losses were close. And then, you know, I I would say like the Clipper game, they kind of, I don't know, definitively won it, but it was over in the last minute and a half, yeah. right? Um, and so this does track for me based on sort of what's happened over the course of the whole season. And I find it to be shocking that we're here right now like just i mean just completely shocking that this is this is so much more bullish than i think even again the most aggressive fan would have ever been with the way this has gone yeah i mean listen you know 43 and 39 this guy right here you know what i mean so just just somebody that believes and by the way look it um, didn't believe, yeah, did and did not believe that it was going to look this good this early in the season for the Nets potentially. And then, re- so based off of that, this is where the proof would be in the in the BPI pudding, so to speak. They, over these next ten games, and you could even include twelve if you wanted to, just because it would get you to the twenty game sample size that you and I so often reference. They're going to have Boston on Friday night, two home games: Washington and Orlando at Miami, home for Philly at Atlanta, and then a five game homestand. Miami, Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte, and then Orlando. And that first game kicking off the West Coast road trip is going to yeah, be that homestand. Sorry to interrupt, but that homestand is where they really got to make hay. Like that's got to be like a four and one homestand or something. Well, like that. And, and so that's what I was going to say, because even if you cap it, cap it at 10 at the next 10 games, that takes you through or uh, takes you through uh, Charlotte and then they'll have the Orlando matchup. But that homestand with the way they've played this season and I get you win, loss, win, loss. But Wizards, the Orlando game, the Miami Heat, at least splitting those because you've seen that you can go toe-to-toe with them. Chicago, Toronto, and Charlotte. Like, I, I, you look across it, over the next 10 games, I expect six wins. And you mentioned that back into the homestand there. Then you throw in the extra one with Orlando again. Like, this is where we should be able to look back after 20 games. This team should have 12 Right. I mean, you know, 12 and eight, 13 and seven, like you have to at least be thinking about that way. If you believe that when these difficult stretches come up and you're going to lose games against good teams, how can you not look at like, I don't know, like you Atlanta's in there too. Atlanta's not a bad team, but they're not. A, the Nets have proven that they can beat these teams, I guess, is my point. The only ones you look at and go, it's going to be rough. Boston, Philadelphia, one, uh, one of the both of the Miami games, obviously, like you can't just chalk those up. And then there's going to be difficult matchups, but this is a very friendly stretch coming out of. Remember, we're eight games through those first 10 that we talked about where we thought three and seven was not going to be unreasonable. They're a 500 team right now with two more games to go through that first 10 game sample. Yeah, I, this is again, it's just crazy that we're even discussing this. And by the way, Miami is going to lose hero here probably for some time. Um, and so like, I doubt that he's gonna be back for that game. So they're going to be down their own injuries and whoever, who knows what happens in the meantime here, like things just go, things, guys come back, guys go away, you know, who, who even knows, but I well, think the beauty the, of it right now is the Brooklyn Nets have already had all the guys go away. Right. <laughs> so you feel like at least we can only hopefully add guys back here as well. Hundred percent. So I think just in general, we're in a great situation here with the Nets. It's very, very promising. Much better than again. Well, this has become a running theme. Is that like we're in a much better spot where the Nets even we're in a much better spot than I thought they were going to be. Even if everyone had played, 
<laughs> like even if, yeah. if everyone had yeah. played, if I'd said, Hey, we're going to be at through this four and four with everyone full healthy. I think most fans would have taken that right away. Snap called that one as a, just like, we'll take it four and four all good. When you factor in the guys that have been lost four and four feels like a miracle. And so I'm all for it. I love this team. I was saying this last night and I'll say it again today. This is a very, very fun team to root for. They fight hard every night. Sean Marks crushed this offseason with some of these guys that have come in, like Lonnie Walker, Watford. I mean, even like DSJ, I think overall we probably will take the minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the decision to move Cam into the starting lineup, right? Like this stuff is just these moves and be, and that, plus like Jacques Vaughn, say what you want about the coaching. X's and O's. I, I'm mostly fine with a lot of it, but like I know there's some people aren't. You cannot question how hard these guys play. Like that is yeah. not, there's no question about that. Like these guys play hard. Look across that court and just watch the guy, like watch a guy like Harden and, and, and see how he would not have fit in what's going on. Like in what currently yeah. in Brooklyn, right? Like, yep. and yep. that is a, from a fan standpoint, for me, that's just a really fun thing to root for. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, Friday's game. No live. Just a quick programming note. No live after Boston, win or lose. That's just uh, that's just something that Adam and I had a call here and early. So if you're all over on YouTube, apologies. But there's not going to be any live after the Boston game. Even if they win by a million, I don't think we're going to do it. So I just want to set the a very clear tone on that one. But we will be back. Uh, well, actually, we got to say the quote first. Uh, join subtext.com slash locked on nets. I'm blowing it. Join subtext.com slash locked on nets. Join the conversation over there. Uh, free 14 day trial. You won't regret it. No one is an overachiever. How can you rise above your level of competency? Everyone is an underachiever to different degrees. The harder you work, the more luck you will have. That is Johnny Wooten. Oh, one of the all time great posts. We'll be back in next week talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Pat.